It's tuned to yesterday, bringing you shows from the golden age of radio. I'm your host, Mark Levonier. In this hour, radio horror. Later on, we'll hear a broadcast of Mystery in the Air with Peter Lorre. But right now, the Hermit's Cave with a ghost story called It Happened on Sunday from the 1940s. The Mummers in the Little Theater of the Air. Now, it's time for the Hermit.
told him I had some work that I couldn't leave until tomorrow afternoon. Oh. I'll tell you what. Tomorrow's Friday. You can drive out Saturday afternoon. Oh, but Davis, he doesn't want oh, me to be... Oh, nonsense. You come out. I won't tell him. We'll rig up a surprise party. Whatever is eating him, you'll get it off his chest Friday night. By the time you get there, he'll be straightened around. I hope so. Will you come? Yes, if you think it's all right. I don't have to tell you how much I think of Ray. I'll do anything to help him. And although it would break my heart if he decides it's best for him not to marry me, I'll respect his wishes. Forget that angle. He loved Marion very much, didn't he? None of us saw anything of her or Ray while she lived, but I suppose he did. You know it. He never left her side. He allowed her to stay in the cottage while he painted. They were inseparable companions for seven years. You can't forget anything like that in three. No. Why did I have to meet him? Why did I have to fall in love with him? Why you're creating unnecessary mountains. Now, I don't know what's wrong, but I know it isn't anything to fret about. So stop worrying and come out Saturday afternoon ready to have a good time. You'll see. Everything will be straightened out. Well, Mrs. Orion, it's nice to see you again. I'm glad to see you, Mr. Street. Now, where is this guy who dragged me away from a busy office on Friday afternoon? Hmm? He's up in the studio. He said to tell you when you came to come right up there. Fine. I thought when he called me yesterday that he might be ill. Oh, no, Mr. Street. It's not any physical illness he's got. It's something mental. So just exactly what do you mean? I, I can't say any more. I shouldn't have said what I have. But if you're his friend, Mr. Street, you'll urge him to get away from the cottage this weekend. Well, how... Now, please don't ask me any questions, Mr. Street. I can't say another thing. And don't mention to him what I have said. No, no, of course not. Just remember, Mr. Putnam isn't himself, not at all. And he needs you. He needs your help and friendship. He has both, Mrs. Orion. You know how I feel about him. At times, it seems like he's my son. I've taken care of him ever since his parents died all these years since. I know how you feel. And yet I'm just his housekeeper. I have to remember that. Now, uh, shall I take you up to the studio? No, thanks. I'll burst in and surprise him. See you later, Mrs. Orion. Believe me, I'm looking forward to one of your good dinners. I thought from the urgency of your invitation that you wanted me to come out and pose for a painting. <laughs> I've often wondered why you never saw anything worthwhile in this mug of mine. <laughs> yeah, what's wrong, Ray? Just no go? There's nothing wrong. I invited you down because you haven't visited me for a long time. That's all. Okay, Ray. Been doing some work? No. It's a doggone shame that you came into so much money you don't have to paint for a livelihood. You've done some mighty fine things. Now, listen, you can't walk the floor this way and still insist there's nothing wrong. Well, why keep it all to yourself? Why not get it off your chest? You invited me down here for a purpose. Look, we've been friends for years. I'm the logical person for you to confide in. Now, come on, stop walking this room like a lion in a cage. Listen to me. Is it Vi? Have you found you don't care for her? No. Is it something about your health? No. Well, then it can't be anything very serious. If you're my friend, don't ask me any more questions. If you want to know why I invited you down here, it's because I don't want to be alone. I want you here. Your wish is granted. Now, what do you say we have a stroll around the grounds and then urge Mrs. Orion to serve dinner early, hmm? Come start. Dave, we can't leave the studio. You've got to eat here with me. We'll sleep here tonight. You see, I've had Mrs. Orion bring two cots in here. You've got to stay right here in this room with me. Mm. Now, wait. Don't ask me why. Just give in to this whim of mine, or whatever you want to call it. You have me baffled, I'll admit. Maybe someday I can explain. If I ever do, then remember this episode is between you and me. Never to be mentioned to anyone else. Now, let's settle down. Twelve o'clock. Guess I'll roll up in my bunk, Ray. You ought to do the same. Go ahead if you're sleeping. I am. 
Wish I could persuade you to have a game of golf with me in the morning. I will in a few days. Well, what's wrong with tomorrow? You heard what I said. I'm not leaving the studio until Sunday morning. So that's that. Well, I'll be talking to you in the morning. Seems a doggone shame to sleep on an old cot like this when this house is filled with good beds. You turned out to be a heck of a host. Yeah. Good night. Good night. as if they were right outside the windows of the studio. No one can get in these windows. They're all locked. Dave, what is this? As if anyone would put up a fireman's ladder to try to climb in this third-floor studio. You don't know what you're talking about. Well, I hope you do. Maybe you're expecting someone to drop in through the skylight. Listen. Did you hear me? Oh, sure, someone at the door. Well, get on my robe before you let them in. here. You heard the knocking on the door, but you see there's no one here. Mrs. Orion was right. What she told me is true. She came back last year at the same time and the year before. She won't rest in her grave. Mrs. Orion was right. She does come back. Now, this business has to be cleared up once and for all. Here, Mrs. Orion, you sit here in this chair. Thank you, Mr. Street. Pete, supposing you sit here. Sure. Hate to get you two good folks out of your beds at one o'clock in the morning, but I want this crazy business cleared up. My wife and I don't mind, Mr. Street. Oh, we don't mind at all. Anything we can do to help Mr. Putnam. There's nothing anyone can do. I want the whole of this story. Now, Mrs. Orion, Ray tells me that for the past two years since Miriam died, that you people think she has walked about in this house each year on the eve of the night she died. Oh, yes, Mr. Street. Pete and I heard the walking up in the studio. We heard something, all right. Got up to investigate, but we didn't see anybody. Of course you didn't. You know that there's no possibility of such a thing being true. Mrs. Orion, just this afternoon you told me how much you thought of Ray. Well, if that's so, why in thunder would you tell him such yarns? He made me tell him I didn't want to. I tried to convince myself there wasn't anything to it. But we did hear walking up in the studio, and we heard her laughing just like she used to do. Mr. Putnam, you made me listen on the night last year and the year before and report to him. Ray, what made you think Miriam's spirit would come back to haunt this house? Because she said she would, just before she died. Well, of all that... Now, come on. Suppose you tell me the whole of this wild tale, hmm? You might as well know it all, Mrs. Oyen. Well, that's what I say. I was a coward. I stayed away from the cottage last year and the year before at this time. These days are the anniversary of her death. I was afraid of a threat. I... Well, go on, Ray. No one but Pete and Mrs. Orion knew what Marion was like. She was insane, Dave. But I never let anyone know it. I never let her out of my sight. What I'm saying is true, isn't it, Mrs. Orion? Oh, the poor boy put up with more than anyone will ever know. She used to stand here in the studio when I'd be painting and laugh just as she did tonight. Creep up behind me as I work the keys. <laughs> what? <laughs> Miriam, you frightened me. Sure. You're always afraid of me. Afraid that I will kill you. Miriam, where'd you get that knife? Out of the kitchen. Mrs. Orion never saw me take it. <laughs> Give it to me, Mary. I'm going to kill you with it. Just like I'm going to slash your picture to threads right now. Mary, don't. Mary, wait. <laughs> your horrible old pictures. No one wants to buy them. None of them are any good. <laughs> None of them are any good. Why don't you paint me? You paint everything and everybody but me. You don't paint me because you want to spite me. I know it. I had intended to paint her for a long time. I tried to. But she wouldn't sit for me. 
And when she did, it was always to annoy me. She'd sit and grimace, laugh. I should have put her in an institution, but I couldn't bear the thought of that. She was beautiful, frail. I was afraid of the treatment they might give her. So I kept her near me all the time. Mrs. Orion and Pete were frightened, but they stayed on for my sake. Finally, I decided to paint Miriam, even though she wouldn't sit for me. This seemed to mollify her somewhat. Oh, she was much easier to handle those last few months. Almost friendly-like. That was because she was growing weaker, though we didn't know it. You see, I had never called in a doctor for fear he would judge her insane. And then that last night, as Mrs. Orion and I stood by her bed, she raised up, looked at me wildly. I'll come back every year at the same time. Do you understand what I say? I'll come back every year until I have my revenge. We heard what she said, Mr. Street. But I told Mr. Putnam not to worry over it, Nan. She was always saying crazy things. I did forget it for a little time after she was gone. But two years ago, and then last year, as the time of the anniversary of her death drew near, her threat bothered me. I wouldn't come near the studio. Pete and Mrs. Orion watched for me. They heard her. And then this year, I realized that I couldn't marry Vi until I was sure in my own mind. Until I'd stayed here myself. And then tonight. Tonight, I did hear her laugh. It was as distinct as if she were alive. So there's only one thing to do. Tomorrow at midnight, if I hear a knock at this door, even though I see no one, I'll use my revolver. I'll fire at her unseen spirit standing at the door of this studio. just what you need. No, nothing. You know, it's a strange thing to me how you can be taken in by all this nonsense. You aren't going to hear anything tonight or any night. You forget that I did last night. Oh, you listened so hard last night you had to hear anything your mind created. Didn't you hear someone knock? You had me believing almost anything. I feel so darn silly. As if we were playing a game of cops and robbers. You sitting here with that gun. Both of us waiting for a spirit to make an appearance. Yeah, I was planning on having a swell weekend. I told Vi to come out today, but with things as they are, I decided it was best to call her and tell her not to come. Better have some of this coffee. Dave. Yeah. Look at that rocking chair. The one Miriam always sat in. It's moving. See it? Rocking back and forth. What's funny about that? I've seen chairs rock by themselves lots of times. A uh, uh, wind catches them. Miriam sitting in that chair. I see her. She's sitting in the rocker. Oh, get a hold of yourself. There isn't anyone there. Stop that laughing. I'll end that insane laughter of yours forever. You're the one who's insane. There's no one sitting in that chair. 
Oh, you frightened the witch out of the Orient. They're coming up the stairs. Coming, I'll let you in. Get away from me. You can't touch me. Why, it's all his imagination. Fired the rocker. Thought she was sitting in it. Mr. Potter, what's the matter? What's wrong? She's got her hands around my throat. There ain't anyone in here but us, Mr. Putnam. Her hands around my throat. Stop. Stop. I'll confess. I, I poisoned you. I had to kill you. But you might have harmed innocent people. It was best to kill you. Oh, that. But oh, stop. Mr. Strait, Let me breathe. Ray, there's no one in this room. Miriam didn't return. Ray. What's the matter with him? Call a doctor, Mrs. Orrin. I'm afraid he's dying. Get a doctor here immediately. Vi, it's a terrible thing. There's really nothing any of us can say to comfort you. He... He poisoned Miriam. Yes, he told us just before he died. You don't think she really did come back to carry out her threat of revenge? I saw no one... I think Ray died of a guilty conscience. But of course, it's true that there were finger marks on his throat, as if someone had choked him. And that is the part that is hard to figure out. From the early 1940s, from world syndication, that was The Hermit's Cave on Tuned to Yesterday. I'm your host, Mark Levonier, for this hour of radio horror. We now turn to the Mystery in the Air series, one of actor Peter Lorre's main radio vehicles. From August 14, 1947, it's the classic tale, The Lodger. Mystery in the Air, starring Peter Lorre, presented by Camel. All right, men. I guess that's all. Put him on the stretcher and take him to the morgue. Oh, must I stay, Inspector? For a while, Mrs. Bunting. Oh, dear. I... I need all the details for my report. Oh, that such a thing could have happened here. Here in my own house. Each week at this hour... Peter Lorre brings us the excitement of the great stories of the strange and unusual, of dark and compelling masterpieces culled from the four corners of world literature. Tonight, The Lodger by Mrs. Bellock Lowndes. Peter Lorre is The Lodger, and Ellen Bunting is played by Miss Agnes Moorhead. Mystery in the Air. Brought to you by Camel Cigarettes.
Mrs. Bunting. You said you were looking for a lodger? Uh, yes, yes, Inspector, we had to. But I never dreamed such a thing could happen here to us. Why, it was only last Tuesday night my husband and I were sitting before our fire reading the newspaper about the latest murder. It was the theft by, by the Avenger. Yes, yes, I remember saying distinctly. Robert, Robert, this Avenger person, you know, he could be the fellow standing next to you or maybe the man you bump into. It's a terrible thought. Yes, but it appears to me that the Avenger's too quick for the police. And look here. Look here, it says this girl he got last night was like all the others. Pretty blonde, and she'd just come from a music hall. Exactly like all the rest of his victims. Oh, what a pity. Ellen, have you stopped to think who fits that description perfectly? Our own Daisy. Oh, sure. What a pretty thought, Bunting. The good thing she's with her aunt instead of here. London isn't a safe place for any girl now. Just the same. I can't help thinking how fine it would be to have her here with well, us. Well, there's no sense even talking about it. We just can't afford it. I know that, Ellen, but I hope we could manage it some way. How? Haven't I scrimped myself half crazy trying to keep us going? I know, Ellen. Well, don't you go worrying about it. I think we can... Now, who do you suppose that could be? Could it be someone looking for a room? Oh, I wish it were. Then you could have your daisy back. Well, I went to the front door. And when I opened it, there stood a man wearing a black cape and hat. He carried with a single piece of luggage. Good evening, sir. I saw your sign. It says you have a room to rent. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Please, won't you come in? Thank you. Uh, could I, yes? Uh, could I take your case, sir? No. Uh, I'm looking for a quiet room. But it should be very quiet. Oh, we have that, sir. Just that. Above all, our house is quiet. Okay. Your bag, sir. May I take it? No, just show me the room, please. Oh, yes. Yes, sir. It's right up these stairs, sir. This way. You see, sir, there's just my husband and me here, and we're ever so quiet. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you'll find this room to your liking. Well, here we are. Yes, uh, I think I like this room. Yes, it is pleasant, isn't it? Uh, there's not many rooms with such pretty pictures, now is there? I don't know. Pretty pictures interest me very little. What I like about this room is uh, the simplicity. I like the bareness. Yes, uh, I think I'll take it. What is your name? Mrs. Bunting, sir. All right, Mrs. Bunting, uh, I'll take the room. Oh, yes, sir. And please uh, let me help you with your luggage. No, don't uh, you touch it. Oh, but I, I only wish to... <laughs> I know, I know. You only wish to help, Mrs. Bunting. It's uh, just to... Uh, forgive me. It's just that I... I'm weary. I'm, I'm very tired. Uh, see, I do a lot of studying. Oh, yes. Yes, of course, sir. Of course. Well, anyway, you can see how few things I need. It's just what's in his bag. But this, this here is my favorite book, mm -hmm. the Bible. Good book, Mrs. Bunting, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeed it is, sir. Yes, it says, uh, he brings them to their desired haven. Mm -hmm. Beautiful words, huh? And now at last I found my haven of rest. Now, Mrs. Bunting, uh, if I pay you 30 shillings a week for this room, that's satisfactory? Oh, oh, why, yes, sir, yes, sir, that, that'll be quite all right. My name is Sleuth. Mr. Sleuth? Yes, Sleuth. S-L-E-U-T-H. <laughs> Think of a hound, Mrs. Bunting, and you'll never forget my name. Here. 
Here are your 30 shillings. Oh, oh, thank you, sir. Thank you. Uh, would you be wishing anything now? Supper, tea, or... Mm, no, nothing. Uh, good night, Miss Bunting. Uh, yes, yes, good night, sir. Please stop that. You hear? Oh, oh, sir, I... What did I do? You were humming that music. Oh, but I... I music know. is an instrument of sin. Oh, yes, yes, sir. And you did tell me, Mrs. Bunting, that your house would be absolutely quiet. Oh, but it is, sir. I, I didn't mean any harm. Believe I me, sir. I... I believe you. I, I'm sorry I spoke sharply. I, I know you. You're trying to be considerate and kind. Oh, thank you, sir. Thank oh, you. Uh, by the way, Mrs. Bunting, I, I think I would like some bread and some tea. Oh, certainly, certainly, sir. I'll have it in an instant. <laughs> so he took the room, eh, Ellen? Yes. He took the room at, at 30 shillings a week. Yes, in advance. Oh, hurry now, Bunting. It's the water for the tea hot, yes. Yes, what a stroke. Put the bread and the butter on the tray. I'll pour the water. You know, Ellen, it's wonderful. Yes, it is. Do you realize what this means? We can have Daisy back with yes, us now. Yes, I know, I know. Hurry with it now, hurry. Why, why, we can have her back with us now, tomorrow. Now, the water and the tea, and I guess... Yes, it's all ready. Open the door, Bunting. I'll take it up to him right away. There you go, old girl. First thing in the morning, I'm going to fetch Daisy and bring her home. Oh, it's a wonderful night, Ellen. Wonderful. <laughs> oh, oh, I mustn't do that. Thank you, yes, yes. There are many wounded from her. Yes, many strong men as he's clinging by her. Come in. And to know how the wickedness of folly... Oh, why, oh, why, Mr. Sleuth, you, you... Yes? What is it? Those pictures, hmm? those pretty girls you've turned all their faces yes, to the wall. Yes, I've turned them to the wall because they are wicked and sinful. Oh, but, sir, I... Don't you I... agree, Mrs. Bunting, that everything wicked and sinful should be purged from the earth? Huh? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, I do. I'm happy to hear that, Mrs. Bunting. Now, if you'll excuse me, I... I have to leave. Oh, but, sir, here's your tray. I... I... Good night, Mrs. Bunting. You know, for a moment, I was stiff with fear. I set the tray down. He hadn't so much as noticed the light supper I'd prepared for him and rushed to the window to watch. He came out of our cottage and moved off down the street, his black cape swirling about him. Finally, he was lost in the fog, and I don't know why, but I stared after him for a long, long while. Well, I did the dishes and got ready for bed. I lay there thinking and... It was almost gone before I had convinced myself that at most he was a trifle odd. And after all, paying 30 shillings, maybe, maybe he had a right to his strange ways. It was daylight when I was suddenly awakened by the newsboys shouting in the street. Mr. Peter Lorre will bring us the climax of tonight's mystery in the air when camels present Act Two of The Lodger. 
As the inspector takes notes of the terrifying event, Alan Bunting continues the story. And now, Mrs. Bunting, what did you do the morning you learned the Avenger had murdered his sixth victim? Well, I was a little frightened to meet our lodger, yet I kept my thoughts to myself. After all, you know, there still wasn't much to go on. Robert had gone to make Daisy, so Mr. Sleuth ate breakfast alone. I watched him through the crack in the door. Finally, I went in with more tea. Hmm? Uh, uh, tea? Uh, no. No, thank you. Thank you, Mrs. Bunting. I, I don't care for any more tea, thanks. Uh, you're very kind. But I have to go on with my work now, if you'll excuse me. My fear really changed to pity then. Oh, he seemed so helpless and tired. And he was so considerate. This man couldn't be a murderer. It was all a coincidence. Besides, we just couldn't afford to lose that 30 shillings a week. Well, around 10 in the morning, he left the cottage. And I decided to go upstairs and have a look about his room. I had to find out what he carried in his one piece of luggage. It wasn't a bag. It was more like a case. Yes. Yes, a case. A case for a knife. I rushed upstairs, my heart beating wildly at the thought I'd had of the case. No. No, there wasn't anything in his closet. I went over to the chest of drawers against the wall. Nothing in the top one. In the next one, there was just some socks and some underclothes. The next one was empty. There was only one other place for the small narrow case. The bottom drawer. And it was locked. I pulled and pulled at it. And then suddenly I heard the front door open downstairs. In a panic... I rushed out of the room and down the hall. Oh, you're upstairs, Ellen. Oh. Look, Ellen, Daisy's here. Oh, thank heaven. Oh, Mother, it's oh. so good to see you. It's so good to be home. Oh. Why, whatever's the matter? Yes, you're quite white, Ellen. Oh, I... It, 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 I'm, all, I'm all right, I'm all right. It's just that I wasn't expecting you so soon. Well, it's good to be back. The country's <laughs> all right, but there's nothing like London now, is there? Oh, no. No, no, that isn't. Well, as long as that Avenger's about, you're going to have something to do to keep this young lady indoors, London or no London. <laughs> oh, don't you worry. Mother will see to that. Oh, well, Daisy, I, I might as well get you settled. You see, Father, what did I tell you? You'll have a dust cloth in my hand oh. before I have my coat. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sloop. Why is my door open? We, we, we were just leaving, sir. Have you been in my room? Oh, oh, oh uh, not at all. Not at all, sir. From now on, Mrs. Bunting, I shall keep my room locked. Oh, uh, uh, but you see, sir, I, I was just tidying up a bit, and, and Mr. Bunting, he brought our daughter home. Uh, 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 she just arrived. Uh, this, is, this is Daisy. Pleased to meet you, sir. Uh, she's been away for quite a while. That's why we're a bit excited, you might say. Yes. You were probably surprised to hear us laughing and carrying on. Yes, yes, I, I must say I was, I was. But, uh, but then uh, there are different kinds of joy, are there not, Daisy? Yes, yes, I'm sure there are. Yes, there is the despicable evil joy of the abandoned, and, and then there is the divine happiness of the blessed. That's a great difference. You understand that, Daisy, don't you? Why, yes, sir. Yes, Mr. Sleuth. Good, dear. There are so few young women nowadays who do. I'm Mr. Sleuth. I mean, a girl's not to enjoy life at all. Not to have any fun. Enjoyment and fun, my child, are the devil's breeding ground. All his implements are there. Pleasure and impropriety. 
the temptation of music, dancing. Oh, that's crazy. Why, there's nothing I like better than dancing. And I'm not... You like to she, dance? She didn't know what she was saying, Mr. Seuss. She's just a child. Daisy, you know you've never been one for dancing. You never learned how but I to... did learn, Mother. While I was away. What's so wrong about it? What's the harm in dancing? It says she lies in wait as for a prey and increases the transgressors among men. I don't know what you mean. I've never heard such nonsense. Nonsense? You call it scripture nonsense. Daisy, Daisy, go into the front room. It's all right, Mrs. Bunting. It's all right. Uh, I'm used to that kind of talk. Good day. Daisy. Yes. Daisy, listen to me. What, Mother? I've, I've got to tell you about... About what? Oh, nothing. Nothing. I, I've got to go out for a while now. I'll be back. For a moment, I was about to tell her my awful suspicions, but I stopped. They were only suspicions. At the same time, I had a thought. I'd go to the coroner's inquest they were having for the Avengers' latest victim. I was hoping to hear something said that would clear my suspicions of the larger. At least I'd give him this last chance. A lady was testifying as I took my seat. She'd seen the Avenger from her window, she said. And her description of him didn't tally with Mr. Seuss at all. Oh, I can't tell you how relieved I was. Till it was pointed out she couldn't possibly have seen anyone that night from her window because of the fog. <laughs> then the next witness was a Mr. Cameron. I leaned forward anxiously as they swore him in and began asking questions. You say, Mr. Kennedy, you're positive that you saw this man? Positive, sir. It was only a few moments before the murder that I saw the Avenger. Ah. Uh, describe him. Well, he wore a black cape, I believe, and was very gaunt-looking. And was carrying a small handbag. A handbag? Yes, a small, narrow handbag. Such a one as might contain a knife. A knife? A knife? Well, he had a low, hesitating voice. I'd say with something of a continental accent. An educated man, I'd judge, but quite mad. And what do you mean by that? Well, as he emerged from the fog, he was talking aloud to himself. Oh, believe me, sir, he was reciting scriptures from the Bible. Oh, oh no, it can't be. It can't be. Could there be any doubt about it now? Mr. Sleuth, our lodger, he was the murderer. of the courtroom as quickly as I could. I didn't even notice it had started to rain. I hardly remember going home, running and walking somehow, while the nightmare of fear and terror grew bigger and bigger inside me. It was three streets from our cottage that I saw my husband, Robert. One thought hit me clearly. I realized Daisy must be home alone with the Avenger. <laughs> Listen, Bunting, listen. Sleuth! Sleuth is the Avenger. What? What are you saying? Ah, oh, larger. He's the Avenger. Daisy's alone with him right now. Hurry! Hurry! Now listen to me carefully, my child, and, and rejoice with me in your heart for... For the moment is at hand, and you're not afraid, Daisy, are you? No, I'm not afraid. 
You're very beautiful, and, and you should live in the ways of righteousness. You hear me, Daisy? You want to live in the ways of righteousness, don't you? Yes. Yes, I do. I know you do. I, I know, and... And that is why I've been sent to purge your soul so that you will be elevated beyond all sin and evil. You like to dance, Daisy, don't you? Already six have gone on before you and they are beyond all sin and evil. You're the seventh to be elevated, my child, and my work is almost done for the seventh I've promised at this appointed hour. Be still, Daisy. And, and don't listen to the temptations of the crowd when they call out your name, because I am here to save you from all evil and wickedness that consumes you like a wildfire of scarlet and crimson. You like to dance, don't you? Look at me, my child. Look at me and don't fear me. And, and do not tremble. Woe to them that call evil good and good evil and put darkness for light and light for darkness. And therefore I must bring you down like the lamb to slaughter. And now I lift my hand with a flaming sword. For now comes the vengeance and the time to rejoice. Stop it, Daisy, come here. Stop that knife, you fiend. Stop that knife. You're safe. Take Take away your hand. Let go of me. Get away. Don't you know that such that are for death to death and such that are for a sword to the sword and no one, no one dare to have pity on them. Hey. 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 His knife, his knife! on the knife. Yes. And he's burning. He's burning in me like a fire. Oh, it... It purges me and... It consumes me. All sin and evil are falling away. Praise. Praise and glory. For it is I... Who is the seventh? Yes. The vengeance is fulfilled. Peter Laurie brings you one of the world's great stories of the strange and unusual, The Horror by de Maupassant, with a special musical score composed and conducted by Paul Barron. Mystery in the Air, on Tuned to Yesterday, Peter Laurie, the star from August 14, 1947, on NBC. That brings to an end this hour of Radio Horror on Tune to Yesterday. Be sure to be with us next time for more great shows from Radio's Yesteryear. Until our next hour together, I'm Mark Levanier. Thanks for listening.